Welcome to the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman, where Jerry reads a chapter from the New Testament and gives us key insights and life applications along the way. For more information about the Solid Life Journal and reading plans, visit solidlives.com. And now, let's get into today's reading. Okay, here we go. Acts chapter 16. Something really interesting happens in this chapter. So it says, Then he came to Derbe and Lystra. Now this is, of course, Paul and Silas was with him. Silas was with him. Then he came to Derbe and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a certain Jewish woman who believed, but his father was Greek. He was well spoken of by the brethren who were at Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted to have him go on with him, and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in that region, for they all knew that his father was Greek. Now, wait just a minute. (laughs) Boy, that ought to flag us and make us stop to say, hold on, what is going on here? Why? Because we spent nearly the whole chapter, last chapter in chapter 15, with Barnabas and Paul disputing with men who came from Jerusalem preaching that the Gentiles had to be circumcised. They have to keep the law if they're going to be saved. And Barnabas and Saul go to Jerusalem with some other people. They bring this to the apostles and elders. There's a big dispute. Peter stands up and says something. James stands up and says something. And eventually the the apostles and elders at Jerusalem listen to Paul and Barnabas tell the testimonies of how Gentiles were coming to the Lord and the miracles that were happening. And eventually they came to the conclusion that the Holy Spirit was indeed leading them to tell the Gentiles, you do not have to be circumcised to be saved. You do not have to keep the law to be saved. You're saved by the grace of Jesus, just like we Jews are now saved by the grace of Jesus. So all that, and then they come back, they read this letter to the church at Antioch saying, you do not have to be circumcised and keep the law to be saved as Gentiles. And then we come to chapter 16, and this Paul, who advocated for not being circumcised to be saved, he comes and he finds Timothy, a great young believing man who had a a very strong believing mother and grandmother, and uh, he wants to take Timothy into the ministry. So what does he do? He takes him and circumcises him. What in the world is happening? Well, it's just as clear as anything. And let me tell you what's happening here. He's not circumcising Timothy so that Timothy can be saved. Timothy's already born again. He's already saved. He's circumcising Timothy because Timothy wants to go into the ministry. And if you're going to go into the ministry and you want to reach all people, then that means that you have to do what Jesus said. Jesus said, if anyone wants to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. What does that mean, take up his cross? That means you're going to have to die to yourself. It's not about the minimum requirements to be saved. I have had people ask me, so well, you don't have to do that to be saved. Do you have to do this to be saved, that to be saved? They're looking for, how can I, how can I get into heaven, just slide in by the hair of my chinny chin chin by the skin of my teeth? Well, that is not what we're talking about. We're talking about laying our lives down for the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you go into the ministry, you're sacrificing not to be saved. You're sacrificing that your life is not a stumbling block to the gospel. The gospel is already a stumbling block. Let the gospel be the stumbling block. Don't let your Greekness, your Jewishness, your Gentileness, your anythingness, 
Paul said to the Jew, I become as a Jew that I might reach Jews. To those, to the Greek, I become as Greek. In other words, to reach people of different cultures and people groups, I change myself. It's not about my preference. No, I want to do whatever I have to do, be whatever I have to be to reach people. And so he's saying, look, Timothy, your father's Greek, so you weren't circumcised. But we want to get Jewish people saved, too. And if they find out you're not circumcised, some of those people are not going to understand and they're going to discount the gospel. So you need to be circumcised so that that is not a deterrent to them and they can just hear us freely preach the gospel. And guess what? Timothy, this grown man, was willing to do it. Why? Because he wanted to minister for the Lord. If you want to minister for the Lord, you ought to be willing to do whatever it takes. Give up whatever it takes. Why? Because Jesus gave up everything for you to be saved. Why wouldn't you give up for other people to be saved? And that's what Paul did, and that's what Timothy did. And it's just a tremendous example. But it's important for us to distinguish between what it takes to be saved and what is required to become an effective minister, minister of the gospel to many cultures. So let's see where we were here. So he took him and circumcised him. Verse 4, And as they went through the cities, they delivered to them the decrees to keep, which were determined by the apostles and elders at Jerusalem, which was what? You don't have to be circumcised. Verse 5, So the churches were strengthened in the faith and increased in number daily. I love that. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and increased in number daily. May all of our churches have that happened to them. Verse 6, Now when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. Notice the Holy Spirit would not let them go to Asia. The Holy Spirit had a particular track for them to take, and it did not include at this time Asia. Verse 7, After they had come to Mysia, they tried to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. So passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Therefore, sailing from Troas, we ran a straight course to Samothrace, and the next day came to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is the foremost city of that part of Macedonia, a colony. And we were staying in that city for some days. And on the Sabbath, we went out of the city to the riverside where prayer was customarily made, and we sat down and spoke to the women who met there. Notice, they're looking for any opportunity to reach out, to connect with people wherever they are. Verse 14, now a certain woman named Lydia heard us. She was a seller of purple from the city of Thyatira who worshiped God. The Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. You know, you know when somebody just opens their heart and, and they're listening, they receive the message. And Lydia did. Verse 15, and when she and her household were baptized, boy, they not only heard, they got saved and baptized in water that day, likely in that river. She begged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, 
come to my house and stays. So she persuaded us. Now it happened as she went to prayer, excuse me, as we went to prayer, and Luke is writing here, so he was part of uh, Paul's company. Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit for fortune telling. So here is a slave girl who is possessed by a demon and her fortune telling, telling by the demonic. See, this is the power of Satan. Fortune telling is bringing her master much profit. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these men are servants of the Most High God. Now you would think this demonized girl would not be saying positive things about Paul and his companions, but she is. This demon is saying these things. These men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. In other words, she wouldn't shut up. She just kept saying it and saying it. Watch this. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you. He knew that was a demon spirit causing her to yell out like that. He turned and said to the spirit. Notice, not talking to the girl, talking to that evil spirit. He turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. Notice it didn't say that very second or minute. It said that very hour. I think sometimes we get discouraged because we'll pray something and say something and it doesn't happen immediately and then we'll lose the faith and we'll begin to go back on our words and, and even thwart the miracle that's happening. It said that demon came out that very hour, verse 19, but when her masters saw that their hope for profit was gone, they seized Paul. Boy, I tell you, the love of money will cause you to do crazy things. They seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. And they brought them to the magistrates and said, These men, being Jews, exceedingly trouble our city, and they teach customs which are not lawful for us, being Romans, to receive or observe. Boy, they're given the right argument because the Romans, boy, you've got to keep Roman law and Jewish law. Oh, that does not rate with Roman law in this society. Verse 22, then the multitude rose up together against them and the magistrates tore off their clothes. And that, that's a sign of great emotion and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they beat Paul and Silas, and maybe Luke as well. It said they beat them with rods. They laid many stripes on them. This was not just a couple of whacks. They beat them. Oh, you can imagine what this is like. When they had laid many stripes on them with rods, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison, and fasten their feet in the stocks. I love this. But at midnight. Oh, that, that's a sign of the darkest hour. I believe this is not only dark in terms of daylight, but this is dark in terms of how bad can it get? We just got completely beaten. We're bloodied. We're weak. Uh, we've lost blood. Who knows how much blood they lost? And now we're in the inner prison, maximum security. Our feet are in stocks. But at midnight, 
Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Oh, they knew this wasn't the Lord doing this to them. They knew that they were doing the right thing, living for God, but the devil and the world is stirred up against them because the world is against God and the devil's against God. So they were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. No doubt these prisoners were saying, what's with these guys? We've never seen anybody like this. They're blessing God, even though they were beaten and locked up. It says, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, oh, isn't this powerful? Suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's chains were loosed. Everybody in the whole prison, their chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awakening from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. Why? They're going to kill him anyway. It's his job to keep everybody secure. Verse 28. But Paul called with a loud voice. Notice the love in Paul's heart. Here he's beaten. It's early, the wee hours of the morning. But he doesn't want this man to kill himself. But Paul called called with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm for we are all here. Don't worry, none of the prisoners have, have fled. Verse 29, then he called for a light, the Philippian jailer did, ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. He's falling down before beaten, bloody prisoners. He fell down trembling before Paul and Silas and he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? He must have heard them singing as well. And it goes on to say, so they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. So what happened? He took them to his house and they preached the word to his whole family. And it goes on to say, and he took them that same hour of the night and washed their stripes. And immediately he... And all his family were baptized. Isn't that powerful? His whole family got saved and baptized in water. Verse 34. Now when he had brought them into his house, he set food before them, and he rejoiced, having believed in God with all his household. And when it was day, the magistrate sent the officer, saying, Let those men go. So the keeper of the prison reported these words to Paul, saying, the magistrates have sent to let you go. Now, therefore, depart and go in peace. But Paul, listen to Paul. Paul says, I mean, he's a brave, bold man. But Paul said to them, they have beaten us openly, uncondemned Romans, and have thrown us into prison. In other words, Paul knew it is illegal for you to beat us because we are Roman citizens. We deserve a trial. And until we're found guilty, you should not have harmed us. So they have beaten us openly, uncondemned Romans, and have thrown us into prison. And now do they put us out secretly? No, indeed. Let them come themselves and get us out. <laughs> so watch this, verse 38. And the officers told these words to the magistrates, and they were afraid when they heard that they were Romans. Why? Oh, man, Roman law says you don't do that to a Roman citizen. Then they came and pleaded with them and brought them out. What did they do? They apologized. <laughs> they said, sorry, we didn't realize you were Roman citizens. They came and pleaded with them and brought them out and asked them to depart from the city. So they went out from 
They went out of the prison and entered the house of Lydia. And when they had seen the brethren, they encouraged them and departed. I just want to point something out that uh, is not obvious to most people. and It wasn't obvious to me for many years. Paul could have made a big political stink out of this. That here, you're coming against us. We're Christians. We're Roman citizens. And look what you did and such. And notice, yes, he came and he received an apology from the magistrates, but he did not try to get a big crowd of people protesting and make a a political stand. No, Paul knew, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, the rulers of the darkness of this age and spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Paul stayed on his assignment. He did not allow this to be turned into something uh, political or against the Roman Empire. No, he knew. I've got to get on with my job, and my job is to make disciples and plant churches and see the gospel spread as far as possible. And it's it's good to stand up for political rights and for justice and so on, but let's not allow ourselves to get sucked away from whatever the Lord has called us to do. We must each stay on our assignments like Paul did and like Jesus did as well. All right, I'll see you tomorrow for chapter 17. Thank you for joining us for the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman. And thank you to those of you who have partnered with Solid Lives to help get this daily podcast and other resources like it to thousands of people around the world. If you would like to partner with Solid Lives, visit solidlives.com give. To find out more about the ministry of Solid Lives, how you can be a part of this church planting and disciple making movement, or for more great teachings and resources by Jerry, visit solidlives.com. We also want to invite you to check out Jerry's other podcast called The Jerry Dearman Podcast. Here, Jerry shares with us at least weekly from God's Word, challenging us and equipping us to fulfill the amazing plan that God has for our lives. You can find links to this podcast as well as Jerry's YouTube channel online at solidlives.com. Thank you again so much for joining us, and we'll see you right here tomorrow as we jump into the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman.